And so the Jets begin the season 0-2. Are they the new Jets? Are they the old Jets? You will find out on this episode of Jeff Fuel. And welcome back to the cul-de-sac. <laughs> thank you, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you are listening to the Jeff Ewell Podcast, powered by Cul-de-Sac Sports Network. I am your pilot, along with my co-pilot, my cousin, my friend, my buddy, JC. I'm Sweet Lou. What up, what up? And uh, the Jets are the Jets are 0-2, so... <laughs> I mean, what else can you do? You just got to uh, play the trumpet sometimes. Sometimes, you know, the... If you listen to the preview and you listen to, you know, New York Sports Radio and you and you're really invested in the New York Jets and 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 the culture and you're a part of this community, you expected things to change quickly. And we expected things to, you know, look different. You you expected a brand change. Uh, you bring in someone that really seems like they know what they're doing in in Joe Douglas, you bring in a uh, a coach who was really motivated to be the guy to change. And, and I'm not going to be the guy that starts throwing Robert Sala out the door after 0-2. You drafted a quarterback that, you know, you hope's going to be the best of the five, and you played against one of them this past weekend and lost. Um, and, you know, things for the New York Jets are starting slow, and they're starting ugly. And, you know, a week one loss that was pretty winnable against Carolina turns into an 0-2 when you you welcome you know Bill Belichick and the new uh, New England Patriots who really have no issue just coming into MetLife Stadium and and taking what they want whenever they want whether they play a good brand of football or not they just know how to succeed against the New York Jets so Sunday was not a pretty one as the Jets lost 25 to 6 no touchdowns barely field goals um, the Jets were sloppy on the offensive of end of the field. You have Zach Wilson, uh, welcome party, I guess, to the Jets franchise. The fans will boo you if you throw four interceptions. Um, you know, so this this first these first two weeks they weren't too pretty. Last week we recorded an episode; it didn't come out. We sounded a little too optimistic. Uh, tech, technical issues did occur, so. We're back on uh, getting ready for week three. The culture of the Jets seemed to be alive and well to what it used to be. And, you know, we're just wondering when does the change happen? Jay, I think you could pretty much. Oh, man. I mean. You're asking if it's the same old Jets, right? I mean, that that's what the question, I guess, is. I don't want to ask the question. Do you yeah. want to ask that question to me? No uh, one wants. No one no. wants to hear it. No one wants to see it. We just hope that with 15 more weeks of football that this team can improve or we just see little improvements. And, and with this episode, we're going to get into what, what has been driving us nuts. So, But, Jay, I mean, lose to New England, lose to Darnold and the, and the Panthers. The feelings are, are mixed because that week one after week one, we kind of looked at it and we were like, wow, maybe, you know, we, we – we liked what we saw from Zach Wilson. We, had some we optimism. liked what we yeah. saw from Corey Davis. And then one week's time, that all changes. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm try it's very hard not to get emotional about it if you're a Jets fan because I think we're so used to, you know, 
being set up for failure in this way. I mean, think about the way the schedule worked out. You know, first game against Carolina, going going up against Sam Darnold, going up against the team that we've had to go up, the player that we had for for several seasons that a lot of people can kind of agree with that we failed to develop around. uh, Was in a similar situation that we're in right now where it's like our new era, right? We went through this with Sam Darnold. We went through this with Todd Bowles. We went through this with... You know, Geno Smith and Mark Sanchez, and we went through this with the former coach, Adam Gase. I was about to say he who should not be named, but I realize that's a little harsh. A little harsh. But you know what it is? I think the problem is we look at all these situations we've dealt with in the past. The drama was there. Carolina, Sam Darnold, former quarterback, new quarterback, and Zach Wilson get a chance to debut with a new head coach. All this sounded awesome. Fine. Bad game. Offensive line looked terrible in game one. But Zach didn't look that bad. And Corey Davis looked great. And the defense we saw was uh, maybe was able to do enough, at least in our opinion, right? They held them to a decent score. So going into week two against New England, our hated rival, the team that's been successful for over the last 20 years, now moving on from Tom Brady, we think this is the chance. But then they come in with a rookie quarterback and they stomp all over us. And I will be clear about this. I thought that Mac Jones looked pretty good, but I wasn't like overly impressed. And I would say that the team is in general, New England, they did enough to win. But I honestly watching this game just didn't feel like this team was that great that they would steamroll us. And I think it all comes down to the fact that Zach Wilson struggled heavily in game two. The defense actually looked pretty good. I mean, I know they scored 26 points, but... After a while, the defense is going to get tired. They they came to play in the first half, the defense. They did well. They were holding them down for the most part. Yeah, there were a couple plays that they wish they had back, but the defense has mostly overachieved in some, some ways, considering we were wondering, is there going to be a pass rush? Is there going to be um, stability in that secondary? Those aspects actually did well against a rookie quarterback, which was great. So this is why I think it's so demoralizing because we we saw all that hope from Zach in the first week. All that was just in the trash yesterday. So my issue is that when you look at the history of the Jets, the past 10 years even, even if you don't want to go into the history, but just to look at the last 10 years, we're now on like rebuild number three. And my issue is that the, the Jets fans just want to see progress. And consistency. Well, consistency would be great. Well, you have to get but what, yeah, but what you I'm have saying to is progress into something you gotta, to be consistent. You just need to yeah. show progress. And and while it is only week two and we're not going to get overly emotional about it, but the reason why I'm, I'm pissed off today is because I'm looking at what we've done and it just seems like we're just doing the same thing over again. So in that regard, same old Jets, I'm not talking about butt fumbles or 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 getting massacred, you know, by 45 points against the Patriots. You know, like, look, that stuff happened in the past, and I get it. But the thing about Joe Douglas coming in was that there was hope that it would be different. And, and right now, it is hard to have hope when you look yeah. at some of what has transpired. And I'm just going to mention this because we talked about it before the show, and I was almost going into an epic rant. And I'm not going to go and bury Joe Douglas. But one of the problems right now has to be when you look at the rosters he's assembled together so far. And the thing is, when you look at their draft from last year, Joe Douglas has now had two full drafts. He had the 2020 draft and the 2021 draft. 
2021 draft looks like we made a couple guys that we were good moves. Hopefully, we're all high on Elijah Moore, but right now he hasn't really contributed that much in the first two games. So that's been a little bit of a disappointment considering he was one of the best wide receivers in college football last year. Okay. Now, look, it's early, so the jury's still on him. But overall, we're, li- we're, we're, we're willing to look at the 21 class and say there's going to be time. Elijah Vera Tucker looks like he's legit, right? But if you look at last year's draft, no one's on the field. No one's on the field. I mean, Denzel Mins, our second-round pick, not on the field, which we can go into later. Yeah, we're, we're going to get into Got to ask the question, why isn't he on the field? Especially when there's there's five guys, four guys that you're using that aren't correctly running routes and, and really giving you a deep, threat down the field. Yeah, I mean, Corey Davis is Corey Davis. He gets a spot. You know, Jameson Crowder's out, obvious. You know, I just don't understand the one guy that made a big play last week for you that wasn't Corey Davis on on the receiving core is is not even in the game. He's not even suiting up. Now, I understand there's things they might not be high on, but the guy actually made a big play in week one. Yeah, he deserves another shot. He might have been helpful. I mean, this is not... And this is where I'm puzzled. Sorry, let's just well, put that aside. Denzel Mims not playing, right? Our offensive line and our first-round pick, who is obviously the guy we think is going to be the best out of the whole crew, hopefully, out right now, okay? Yeah, we can, keeps yeah, getting Mekhi injured. Mekhi Becton is, is, keeps getting hurt so far. So that is, right now, still very much a concern. Yeah. Maybe it's a freak accident. Maybe it's a freak injury. Fine, but he's had several so far. Moving on. We're talking about guys. LaMichael Pirine. LaMichael Pirine, who I thought looked pretty good last year at times. I know a lot of people said he had a rough season, but the Jets stunk last year. But you have a young running back, can't get in the game. He's not even suiting up. That's a problem. And then you're talking about, now one guy who has played well is Bryce Hall. That's been a nice little addition. Good. Ashton Davis, hurt. Okay. Jabari Zuniga, not playing much. James Morgan, doesn't play. Cameron Clark, hasn't played. Braden Mann, hurt now. So, just to be clear, and I know a lot of this is injuries, but you got to at least be concerned. Well, Not a single guy here, with the exception of Bryce Hall, was basically in that game yesterday. I mean, no one else was was even an impact player. Yeah. So that's a problem. Oh, so no, absolutely. at the end of the day, you are only as good as your draft picks. And so far, our draft picks from 2020 are not living up to yeah, expectations. Yeah, they're not, they're, not, they're not contributing They're not a factor at right and, now, at least. And, and let me just say this real quick, too. They, I recently read an article that they regraded these guys and gave the Jets an A after initially giving them B plus. I just don't see how the Jets are, are are sitting at an A with that 2020 draft right now today. Now, look, this can change. Maybe Denzel Mims figures it out. Maybe Makai Becton ends up being a Hall of Famer who can stay healthy. Maybe Bryce Hall becomes our long-term starter. Those trades all can change. But right now in week two, going into week three, I should say, this draft class is currently a they need contributors. They're currently yeah. a bus as a group. Yeah. And I'm sorry, there's no other way to look at it at this current moment. You can't have an entire class that doesn't contribute. It just doesn't work. Yeah. And then you can go and then forget about going back to the previous drafts. And that's not on Joe Douglas. But what I do have a problem with is if you're the GM and you're really kind of fixated on re getting rid of every guy that your previous GM drafted, which is really true. And I know that's not like necessarily the goal. And maybe that's an indictment on how jo- how McCagnan did as a GM. But every single guy is gone pretty much from yep. that team, right? If you're going to replace those guys, 
you better replace them with better guys. Yeah. And so I have a problem when you are going to just get rid of guys and you don't have a replacement for them. I mean, some of the guys we got rid of may have had some value. We get rid of Bless Austin. Well, we better have the guy who's going to replace him. And maybe we do. But my point here is that some of these guys we drafted, we drafted Ashton Davis in case we lost our other big-time safety that ended up getting traded. Fine. Where is the replacement on safety now? We now lost LaMarcus Joyner for the whole year. Ashton Davis can't get on the field. There are some problems right now with this roster, and it may be solved if people get healthy, but right now, this team does not look good. The defense... They played better than we expected. but And then maybe some of this falls on Zach's four interceptions fine. But overall, from looking at these two games, it's hard to find impact players. Like I said in the introduction. It's early. We, so are, looking, overreaction, we but, are looking for a culture change. Yep. And, and the one thing that we fear as Jeff fans, as people that love this team, is, is are we looking at the same old Jets? Personally, I'm not at the, I'm not at the ledge of the building yet. I'm not waiting... I'm not I'm not freaking out because I, I think this is my philosophy. If you have a young quarterback like a Zach Wilson and you have him in game two, and game one he, he doesn't throw an interception, right? Game one he doesn't throw a pick. He throws four in game two. You hope that game two is the worst game of his career. And in or football, at the least the season. Or the season, <laughs> you know, I right? hope that's his worst you know, game of the like, season. You know, like you, you, you sit back and you say, wow, we'll take this week by week. And that was kind of my philosophy, my, my mindset going into the season anyway. Yeah. You know, we're Jeff fans. We won two games last year. You know, the disappointing part is that when you watch preseason or you pay attention to camp and you, and you really – dissect what you you thought this team and this culture was being built on you know bringing in Robert Sala and having Joe Douglas and and having a young quarterback that that everyone's wowed by you you think that things are going to look a little prettier and it and it just didn't and the thing about New England is like Josh McDaniels and and Bill Belichick know exactly what they're going to do every time they step into the building and you hope that like one day that Matt LaFleur and and Robert Sala and Joe Douglas can have that kind of confidence going into a division rival. Yeah. And the Patriots, even though the first half of that game, the Jets were very much in it yeah. with two with only two interceptions by Zach Wilson, where everyone's like, Wow, you know, route running was bad. Um yeah. you know, the receiver's not where he where he's expecting him to be. Um, you know, you you thought that the Jets could come out in the second half and kind of do something different. And when you see that they look defeat, more defeated coming out of the tunnel for second half of football, like, you know, it, it, it's just really, really disappointing when you watch the same mistakes happen over and over again. And there's no reason, there's no rhyme or reason to why the New York Jets have to be a gunslinging team every time they have a young quarterback. Like, Sam Darnold last year, we wanted him to throw the ball more, right? Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson this year, we don't have to prove that this isn't the Adam Gase era anymore. Yeah. Like, you can run. If you're successful running the ball, I want you to run the ball every play for as as long as you have to. And then blend in maybe a play-action pass. Yeah, well, Simplify I mean, the approach. Yeah. If, the running, you know, if the running game is working, and we saw that the running backs were having success. By the way, I know I knocked Joe Douglas for a certain move, but I'm also willing to give him credit for the guys he does pick up. Like, Michael Carter looks like a player. You know? Yeah. I mean, 
he looks pretty good. And maybe this is because the switch of coaches has forced him to have to adjust, which is true that with scheme changes, you know, some guys that he drafted last year are probably just not going to fit in the new offense and the new defense. But the problem is that this is the the mentality of, and this is something that we'll, we'll get into, but it, I think we're just sick of seeing these similar mistakes. Like, this is the third time now. Actually, what are we talking about? This is the fourth time in a row that we're starting a rookie quarterback. Yep. Like, in terms of right away, we get a rookie, and bam, he's starting. It's like, why are we doing this? Why are we constantly forcing guys yep. in there? The other knock I have on Joe Douglas is right now just that there's no veteran quarterback on this team. Yeah, well, there's and if, no... And if we didn't force... Zach out gate on day one. I know people say let him let him learn. You know, let him learn when there's like something to like when there when you know that the team is like listen. This is the only guy that can make this move. Like we know that if you had a veteran quarterback with this team, he might be able to help Zach on plays where he throws interception well, or even God forbid you don't have to start him in week one. Well, it's it's like Sam. Uh, it's like Mark Sanchez with. Uh, Who's his backup? Mark Burnell. Yeah, Mark you know, Burnell, who was when, never going to play, by the but way. But he wasn't going to play, yeah. but at least you have someone. In the quarterback that, room. Hey, listen, Zach, you, you didn't do what you had to do last drive. Let's fix things up. Yeah. Let's let's get command. There's no question that this guy is their guy as far as leading the room. Like, they, mm-hmm. they're extremely impressed with Zach Wilson's ability to, to get the guys behind him. Yeah. But in certain But he still needs competition, game, man. He still needs competition because this is the problem with they do with Mark when we drafted him. We had no one to compete with him. And I'm sorry, but I just don't believe that is the mentality for a football team. I'm not saying get a guy oh, absolutely. who's going to, You want to like, compete against your teammates in camp. So yeah, you win yeah. a job. Yeah, I'm not saying that they should Something. bring in a guy to to push him for the starting position, but I'm sorry, but I don't believe there's a single rookie quarterback, and, and we can go into Hall of Famers, by the way, or a guy named Pat Mahomes who was not the starter when he came to the league. No rookie just should automatically get that job. I'm sorry. Yeah, not if even you're talking Steve about Steve Young. Steve Young's his, his uh, exactly. fellow alma, alma mater. He, he didn't even get the starting job. I mean, exactly. he did have We're Joe Montana about, in front of him, but, but yeah, still, but, he's but the, a Hall of Famer. The point of the game is to improve at every position. Yeah. And the thing is, and this was my big criticism about trading Sam Darnold to begin with. I'm not saying they should have just kept Sam and drafted Zach, but when you get rid of a player, you better be you better know 100%, the guy you're yeah. bringing in is a huge upgrade. And I just cannot understand how... Any franchise can make the decision to say, we're going to draft a rookie who's going to be better than anybody on this roster. And here's two problems. So there's two problems with that. You're either delusional or you have no one in that locker room that is any talent. And I could say that with confidence that as bad as Sam Darnold may have played in the past, how could they sit here and go, you know what? We're going to just clear the quarterback room. Like that's that to me, that's just not good management. Like that's imagine you're in the NBA and you're changing point guards every year. You can't have your, your leader be switching every year. Yeah. And the problem is that by the time the guys actually become somewhat capable, at least in terms of their mindset, like Sam Darnold, who clearly is putting it together in Carolina. Now you're getting rid of the guy at his peak. Yeah. And I'm not saying Sam Darnold was good, Well, I, but they, they reset the clock to just Go back to what we were in three years ago. Well, the clear example, too, is is the fact that you bring up Sam and we're playing a guy that we had on our roster at one point this week who 
has his team at 2-0 and in Teddy Bridgewater, who is a guy that, that understood and really played strongly to the Jets' playbook. Say what you want. Who was the coach, Adam Gase or Todd Bowles that year? It was year? still Todd, Todd Bowles. Bowles. So Todd Bowles was the head coach. They didn't really have the best offense, but when he was running it in it at looked, least from what they looked better than yeah. what, what a young Sam Darnold was doing. And, Absolutely. And they gave it they gave the job to Sam. And I remember at the time me and you were scratching our head because a guy like Teddy Bridgewater is a true pro. He's a true he he's Absolutely. going out there and he's and he's going to, you know, just do what you need to 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 at least have an efficient offense. Well, and whether it's yeah. he, you know, so there, there's two type of quarterbacks. You have your pro bowlers and you have your game managers. And what you see on Sunday with the Patriots is Mac Jones was a game manager. Exactly. Uh, when Tom Brady came into the league, he, was he wasn't manager. the GOAT. His, yeah. his whole ability, his transformation to being Tom Brady the GOAT is the fact that he was a game manager first. For a he while. Was, and he was... And and he learned how to game manage and kind of become a, a great quarterback Absolutely. because he was behind a guy like Drew Bledsoe, who's yeah, like who's a, a great curve. who's a yeah. great quarterback. So you know there there's a learning process to this thing called quarterback. Yeah, it's Aaron only Rogers the hardest, most complicated. It's <laughs> only the hardest, most complicated job in all of sports. It's not yeah, a job you all, just. Right? <laughs> it's not. A, it, it's not a job, and that's why I'm not freaking out about Zach Wilson. Yeah. If we're gonna look at Zach Wilson in comparison to our previous quarterbacks, even Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold, Mark Sanchez, Geno Smith, mm-hmm. you know, the fact is. Wait, is, you're not gonna talk about Christian Hagenberg? Well, <laughs> I'm just Chris, kidding. Shout out Dennis every time, but the the fact is, is is you know there are things in Week One that I'm I'm impressed with with Zach. There are things when, when he faces yeah. he faces the media he he faced ad- ad- adversity in the game you know four interceptions God for, you you know you don't have an option to take him out you don't have an option I keep dropping my phone you don't have an option <laughs> to take him out because you don't have anyone behind him really and the exactly. fact is is the guy still straps on the helmet he still takes the hits yeah. and he still goes out there and throws and tries to win a but football doesn't game. that sound very familiar. I mean, my whole point is this. Zach Wilson, I'm still high on. I think that he had a bad game, which is expected. But this is the thing. When you're, especially when you're looking at the Jets as a franchise, we tried this blueprint and it failed. And it's failed more than once. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say just because it failed, it's going to fail with a new group. But you got to know your your fans. Yeah. Like, what they've seen. The thing is, the fans are frustrated because we know that they've taken us down this path before. Yeah. I think that you have to respect that the, and I'm, I'm not saying that every franchise needs to always consider its fans. Cause you got to put trust. Like if new England, if new England Patriots fans are upset that they got rid of Tom Brady, you know, new England franchise can say, well, we know how to build a winning franchise. Give us some time and we'll make sure that we're going to find yeah, a we'll new draft guy. Alabama's quarterback. Exactly, who won before. Right? So my point here is that the jets as an organization doesn't get that, type of of of, of, of leeway yeah, yeah they don't, don't get, get that because at the end of the day they could have kept teddy bridgewater on yeah. the team they could have said let's let teddy run the franchise run the offense and when sam is ready because we knew we invested in him already it's not like if you invest a high draft pick yeah. on somebody you can let him sit like you already have a four-year window yeah, it's like 
it's it's like getting an old sports car. Like you know you have it in the garage. Yeah. Like you know don't, when you buy that yeah. you you know when you buy the Ferrari you could there. sell you yeah. could sell it at some point yeah. and get your money back if you need it. But but treat it carefully. <laughs> treat it right? carefully. And yeah. and the thing that I feel that they keep doing and and yes, I know it's different GMs, it's different coaches. But learn from the previous GM yeah. and coach. When when I fire and let me tell you, if I was the GM of this team, I would have absolutely made it a priority to have a veteran quarterback in the room. Yeah. I cannot understand how they didn't sign a single veteran. They, are, they could have signed a ton of veterans. Tyra Taylor is literally starting games right now. You're telling me that we wouldn't be a better team a if guy he that's wasn't been in, the, in playoffs. the locker room? And yep. yeah, I know that he is hurt right now. <laughs> yeah, But my point is this. You don't know what happens if you have this veteran on the team. If Teddy Bridgewater is never traded to New Orleans... He could be your starting he quarterback could still right be now. Cool. He, he could still, still be playing. Be, yep. And let's just say he's not. If everything went well, the worst thing that would have happened is Sam would have had a little bit of time to learn from Teddy behind the scenes and not got crushed yeah. initially. And then, you know, my point is really that what ended up happening is Sam didn't live up to his potential for obvious reasons. We always talk about that. Adam Gaze, offense, all that stuff, no offensive line. You're literally putting Zach in the exact same situation in that regard. And and the the other thing that's annoying in regards to the new regime is listen, Rob Sala is it's a first year coach. Everything's going to be adjusting. Mm-hmm. Everything, you you know, he's going to feel out how to manage the games. You know, um, but the fact that Matt Lafleur and and Robert Sala said it's next guy up. And next guy yes. up, and and if this guy's not making it work, we we got a Ride guy that's hand. gonna you you know you have you you have a big you have a you have an abundance of players, young players, guys that show that they want to be on the field and try and make plays. When a guy like Denzel Mims doesn't get a chance, especially as you said, one catch, forty yards. That one catch can't you know it. it now it's in the rearview mirror. Yeah. You know, you have to work on things like that. Yeah. And 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 honestly, if you're going to try and get the the respect from your your young players is if Corey Davis bats a ball into the hands of a Patriots defensive back, he should be sitting at least one play and throw someone else out there. If, if now, that's the I'm motto, not, right? I mean, yeah. uh, if, if you're going to try and, and push this philosophy, this tough guy, you know, all gas, no break, you know, we want winners out there, guys that are going to work harder. And listen, I'm not saying Corey Davis doesn't work the hardest out of any of the receivers, but Corey Davis needs to know mentally. And, and I talk about this in baseball, hockey, basketball, but it goes all the same, same frustration. If the guy is not fulfilling his role, if he makes a mistake, he has to have one or two plays to really develop it in his head that, hey, I need to be better. I can't yeah. just let these mistakes pile up. Yeah, and I just want to say one last thing about just the roster management in general. I just think that overall, the goal is to improve at every position possible. And I know it's more tricky than that, more complicated. But the goal should be to add talent. If you're ever going to take talent off the team, which we've done. I mean, we cut Le'Veon Bell before. We've done. We've gotten rid of guys that were supposedly talented. Even with Bless Austin, guys that are supposed to have some talent. We've gotten rid of them. My problem is that we don't replace them. You know, and the running back room is finally starting to look like a competent running back room. Great. That's wonderful. Quarterback room, I mean, it's a little it's a little lackluster right now, right? I mean, even the couple of veterans we brought in for preseason, none of those guys had a chance to really make this team. Yeah. No one could no one in, in any of the Jets fandom 
could sit here and say, hey, if Zach gets hurt, we'll be okay. No, we're not. Zach, as of now, is a rookie quarterback who's trying to figure out how to be a quarterback in the NFL. He does not have a veteran quarterback to help him get through this, and he doesn't have anybody to push him. So in my opinion, that that is just a recipe for disaster. It didn't work for Mark Sanchez, and the one time when Sam was actually competing against a capable veteran, we traded him away. And me and you both said in that day that this is not a good idea. No. Now, if you get some stud, because, you, I mean, I like to, to get draft picks as good as anybody, but what does it matter if you're not going to use those draft picks to draft somebody who's going to be a major impact player? Yeah. So... Joe Douglas, I'm not here to like rip him because I am with you in the fact that I want to believe that he's right. But this just reminds me of the McCagnin beginning. Well, McCagnin looked like he was going to do the right things. And then we slowly started to see that those draft picks weren't panning out. I think I think you have a good point about 2020's draft. Yeah, I really don't want to crush the 2021 no, the 2021 draft, draft is solid, time. man. They, they, there's some players in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's probably because of the scheme change. I'm going to be but, honest. It's probably has a lot to do with that. He was drafting for Adam Gase's coaching staff yeah. in mind. But that doesn't mean these players can't aren't capable of, of adjusting. Like, the whole knock has been that Denzel Mims is not a, uh, doesn't mix with this offense. Like, are you serious? Well, he can't mix if he doesn't play. Well, I mean, the and, job of and the also, coaching staff is to teach him how to adjust. Well, He's a wide receiver who played well in college, and he has shown promise as a pro. In his first season, he hit 40 yards in six or seven different games. Exactly. There's promise there. For him to get no burn shows no faith well, in and, the player. And, yeah, and we, and we were pretty optimistic about Denzel Mims after last year. Yeah. And, and you know, he was the it, only, just he was the only offensive player on the roster last year that showed promise. And while we're on, besides but, our, besides Mackay back, while we're on wide receivers, I, I really look at the philosophy here as, as if you're going to have must start players, there's only two on the roster and the other four or three should be rotated in and out. And you should rotate them in and out based off of their capabilities and what they can do. Some plays you could use Denzel Mims running down a streak downfield. You know, Keelan Cole's a similar receiver, but Keelan Cole has had other opportunities. You know, Denzel Mims is trying to make the team for the first time still. And you have to give him the the reps to kind of prove that he can be that guy. I mean, you're kind of hoping, as I said in the preview, you have Denzel Mims and Elijah Moore. You're hoping those are your one and two receivers. You would love when, that. When, yeah. when Corey Davis and, and Jameson Crowder are no longer Jets. Yeah. I mean, at some point, yeah. we're, we're trying to develop young players to become the team, to become the, the role models, to become the Pro Bowl-type receivers. And if you think they're a Pro Bowler when you draft them, that doesn't, you know, you can't, there's no explanation for why that man is on the bench, well, there, why that kid must be cannot practice. get a chance. It's got to be practice. It has to be. A, They're saying it's also special teams. He doesn't play special teams, so I get that. But here's the thing that I got to throw in there. And this is not a knock on any of the receivers, but Keelan Cole wasn't even targeted in the game, and he didn't play in week one. So to me, if you have a guy, if Keelan Cole wasn't targeted in week two, didn't play week one because he's got an injury that he's dealing with, who you th- who's being thrown to out of the receiver core? I mean, obviously, Corey Davis is getting throws. I know Braxton Berrios has shown something, and I like Braxton Berrios. Don't get me wrong. But you're telling me that Denzel Mims, you can't even get him into the mix? I mean, if you're not going to throw the ball to Keelan Cole, why is he even on the active roster? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, that's my that's where I'm questioning things. They're saying if Zach Wilson couldn't even throw a ball his way, Lou, 
Like, seriously, why Why in the game? We saw that even if Denzel Mims plays six snaps in the game, that he could be a player that they throw the ball to. And I'm sorry, but execution is important in the game. Guys that show up at the game, you got to play them. Yeah. If the guy's thinking in practice, maybe you need to figure out why he's thinking in practice and maybe focus on how come he's, he actually can produce in the games. He was able to produce for, for an offense that was inept last year. Yeah. So I understand. So when you tell me as a team that he's the fifth string receiver, then you better tell me the receiving core is improved. And right now, that just doesn't seem to be the case. In my opinion, when I watch this team play, when if, if Keelan Cole's not going to get a ball thrown to him, that means he's either not getting separation or Zach Wilson is missing him. Yeah. There's no other possibility there. Yeah. So that means to me, you got to switch it up. Yeah, no, it, it really switch it up. If you're gonna, say, if Matt Lafleur is gonna talk about all their capabilities in one jet drive or or flight 2021, and you're gonna really, you know, you're gonna boast about it because they were, you know, you can be confident. You can be confident yeah, in your football fine. team. Be confident. Be confident. We want confidence. But if you don't produce, but if you're not producing, and if if guys are vis- visibly not doing their job, they're gonna not you. running routes. <laughs> no, well. Oh, but just pull them off the field. The blue you birds could, are coming. You could easily trick a fan. If a guy like Elijah Moore, right? No one no one had any expectation he would play every snap. But if the guy cannot run a route, you have to Tom Coughlin him once. What did Tom Coughlin do on those championship Super Bowl winning New York Giants teams? If they if they fumbled the ball, if they couldn't run a route, they got, they got benched the next play. And guess what? A guy your age might go in and do a job, and they're gonna play until they mess up. And and you know and and football's a hard sport. It's a harsh sport. You know, toughness is there. You you know we assume that Robert Sala and 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 Joe Douglas are gonna bring this toughness to New York. Expectations are there. We want to see them work hard, and we want to see them do the things that they're they're promoting it. It's just like listening to music, you know, any of your favorite artists. If they come out with the trash album, you're not going to show up to their concert. It's true. And, you know, the Jets at some point, there has to be an expectation that it's going to change. One day, it's going to change. And when we looked at this roster, and we looked at the preseason, and we looked at what they were doing, and, and the whole hype of the New York Jets, the new the new look. By the way, change the freaking jerseys. I hate them. They're trash. They're garbage. Burn them. Damn, get rid of them. I hate Ouch. them. It, it, it just doesn't. It doesn't say winning. I just think of this, like these You're jerseys so are giving me a bad. The they're giving me a bad. They're giving me bad vibes already. But I'm not gonna agree with you on the, the jerseys. The but. point is, though, at some point, I need to have a little hope when I look at a, a schedule and I think that the Jets could get to just five, see progress. six, seven wins. And then after two weeks, I think they might be in the same boat as last year. You know, New York right now, New York's in a weird spot. The Giants and Jets look like they're stuck in the mud. You got teams that you you look at baseball. You have teams that are supposed to be competing for championships or competing for divisions, and they can't do it. And then you 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 have to look for the winter sports where the Knicks who the Knicks used to be in the same boat as the Jets. They make the playoffs one time, and the expectation is, or two, oh, no, yes, yeah, one time, it, one time, previous season, yeah. 2020, they get to the playoffs, they, 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 
you know, they change a look of their culture and, and with the coach, and you expect those things to happen for the Jets. It, you know, I, I just want to play the Sheldon Rankings clip. This is going to be our only listen and react this week. But Sheldon Rankings kind of put it right, and, and he also puts it in perspective of the Jeff fan where – we, we really should not be losing our minds. Me and Jay just did 36 minutes of this. Oh, my we, God. We really should not be losing our minds, but we cannot help it. Yeah, we just, we're just trying to make it clear that progress needs to be made, and that's why we're frustrated. And we just seen, it just seems like a cycle that never ends. All right, let's hear what Sheldon Rankins had to say. Like I said, isn't it, I, I said it before the season. It's not going to be an easy process. You know, we're, we're literally coming in here changing the culture of, of, of a whole organization that's lost for a while, you know, to, to just to be honest about it. But um, it's not going to be easy. But each and every week, you know, we, we got to be able to, to take the tiny wins and, 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 and find the good in, in what we don't like uh, as a whole, you know, to be able to continue to grow as a team. And uh, we'll get this thing rolling. You know, the thing about Sheldon rankings that has been – impressive so far is is the way he plays on the field the defensive line has been really really inspiring for me as a Jeff fan because all of whether they're the good teams or the bad teams when the the defensive line has played well you know whether it's Mo Wilkerson or John Abraham and and Sean Ellis or you know you feel that there's leaders in the important on the important parts of the field and Rankin's kind of put it the right way I mean we are in a culture where we're in a we're changing the culture of the New York Jets. Patience is key. I mean, we did not sound like we are being patient, but patience is key, but you need we need to see improvements and as he said, you know, you have to take your wins, your small little victories and you have to make the most of it. The thing that I saw as a victory in this game on Sunday and it was one of the only victories we could really talk about is the running game. And Rob Sala said that that Zach has to get comfortable doing boring football, doing the small play, handing the ball off, letting the running game do it. And seemed a little hypocritical after the fact that he would say something like that because, yeah, he tried to make the big play, but, you know, receivers not running the routes, receivers not batting down the ball, and straight up just really poor throws from Zach Wilson. You would have thought that you would have saw more of Michael Carter. Michael Carter had a great game. I mean, Mark, Michael Carter and, and company, because they do use several different backs, they were, that was one consistent thing from week one into week two. They were capable of getting some first downs in the first half. They did get into the red zone once, I think, Jay. They got into the red zone once, if if we're being generous. And Well, they have two field goals. So well, they two were in the red zone goals, twice, and they missed one But I thought goal. one field goal was outside of the red zone. Um, when they yeah, got it. But, yeah. but, they, they, but they did get into the red zone once and they missed a field goal, yeah. correct? So, yeah, so I mean... I, think, I don't remember it was exactly in the red zone, but I know that they were close a few times, you know? Ugh. It's just looking <laughs> at... I mean, looking at the roster and, and, and kind of getting optimistic for the next week. And it's hard to get optimistic for the next week. Team like Denver, come. Uh, we go to Denver. We got that 4 o'clock game. I'm going to be in Detroit. I'm going to Michigan Rutgers to see a good a good head coaching bout between Greg Schiano and and Jim Harbaugh. I'm I'm super excited for that because Rutgers is 3 and 0, Michigan's 3 and 0. I'm a Michigan fan, but I'm from Jersey, so res- got to respect Rutgers, you know, but as he's wearing a Michigan hat as right I'm now, a, as a Jets podcast. Yeah, I mean, well, well there's one team that that could win. I mean, while we're on the subject of college football as a Michigan fan and listening to people knock Jim Harbaugh for the past 
couple of years. And, you know, since he got recruits when he had Jabril Peppers and Rashad Gary and those guys, eventually something clicks. And when, when you have a quarterback, like Michigan has Cade McNamara right now, and he looks like a, a real quarterback. And when you don't have that, it changes everything. So what we need to hope as a Jeff fan is that Robert Sala, this is just a learning. It, listen, we're going to have growing pains. It, it's not going to be pretty. You don't go from two wins to to five, six, seven, eight wins like overnight. But the the issue we have right now as Jeff fans is we have to prove that we could beat teams that we think are in the same boat. When Mac Jones almost has the same. I think we have to look at the stats, but Mac Jones and and Zach Wilson were incredibly close as, as yardage was concerned. And Mac Jones clearly didn't turn over the ball as many times, but the New England Patriots were capable of of just giving the ball to their running backs and, you know, making short plays for long games, gains, little dip and dunks. And, you know, the tight end play with Hunter Henry was, was really the difference maker. And the Jets really should have taken advantage of it, but you have to improve and you have to play 2-0 team this Sunday and, and you have to try and win. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the numbers. I mean, Zach was 19 for 33 for 210 yards, and Mac Jones was 22 for 30 for 186 yards. So, I mean, they're not that different. The big thing is that, obviously, Zach threw four interceptions, and Mac Jones didn't throw any touchdowns or interceptions. So, I mean, you look at Patriots' offensive numbers, and they're just not that impressive. I mean, I'm not trying to downplay, because they got the win, and they played a solid game. But, you know, their their running back numbers are not like crazy. I mean, they had I'm looking at them now. Like nothing to really write home about, but the thing about the Jets and you say you you mentioned Michael Carter had 59 yards, Ty Johnson had 50 yards, Tevin Coleman, I remember came in had a big run. He had 24 yards. So, I mean, the running game was working. So, it's really in this game about Matt, it's really about Zach Wilson throwing turning the ball over four times. I mean, yeah. the protection was much better in this game than it was in the first game. Um, if you check, uh, I'm not going to spout out all the numbers, but if you check pro football focuses grades for the offensive line, everybody went up. The, as a unit, they went up. Respectable game. He wasn't pressured nearly as much as he was against Carolina. So there were adjustments. It just was a matter of there's going to be games where your rookie quarterback throws a, bat, a bunch of picks and, and, and really just kind of gives the game away. So, you know, it sucks because this game really does kind of fall on Zach Wilson. But my whole tirade at the beginning was just about the fact that you put him in this position. Yeah. And my whole thing and, is and always no help. about... Well, I mean, look, the offensive line helped. The running backs did help. The wide receivers well, didn't come I meant through. from the franchise. I mean, you know, you, well, you throw this, him into the fire. This is not Sam And he Darnold. has to walk out of the fire, you know. It's, yeah, I mean, look, some guys get thrown in the fire. And I, I'm okay with that. My problem is that... You already, you should have known that this could happen. Yeah. And that's my issue. Maybe you have it, an expectation that this could happen. Have an expectation know. that this can happen and be willing to adjust. I mean, the game plan should have been adjusted once he threw two picks. It yeah. should have been like, okay, Zach, you're turning the ball over. We need to start capitalizing on plays that are going to get you into the end zone and stop forcing you to throw the ball. But then again, someone could argue that Zach threw some ducks out yeah, there, man. He, he, well, he threw he, over how Salah calls lollipops. Is that what he called yeah, it? I, he might have saw a ghost. I mean. I don't think he saw a ghost. No, I don't no, think he, he saw, saw a ghost against Carolina, if anything. Yeah. Let's not throw any excuses. Zach Wilson had a poor game. Yeah. I mean, he like I said, 19 for 30 is not, is not terrible. 19 for 33, you want to improve on that. Better than the first game. But if if you're only missed on 14 throws and four of them are interceptions, it's that's on you. 
It's on yeah. Zach. And, yeah. and, and that's why we probably shouldn't read too much into it. But we're pissed off because, like, we've been waiting for this. We thought there'd be progress. So we're not going to harp on that too much. But um, the running backs, they pulled through. Keep running the ball, man. Just run the ball, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, let's turn the page into this week. What are we expecting? What What do the Jets need to do in week three that that gets them a victory over you know over a Denver Broncos team that has two wins? First of all, don't turn the ball over. I mean, you mentioned the the, the defensive line; they played well, man. So the defense continues to play well. Yes, you want to hold them to under 25 points, but you also think your offense is going to score more than six. So the Jets' offense, if they don't show up against the Denver Broncos' defense, and I'm not trying to sit here and say the Broncos' defense is weak. I'm just saying that at a, you know to show some respect as a unit, this offense needs to click. This offense needs you to... They need... We need them to do something. So what's the next step? Pull through a complete game. I want to see it happen. They have not had a complete game yet. Let's yeah. go and make this happen. I think that they have to simplify the whole thing going forward into you know within these next couple of weeks right before the bye, we have to see the Jets establish the run. We need them to put all of their faith into the running game. I think that's the I, I really honestly think that's the difference between a successful young quarterback in the first five games or versus a, a non-successful, you know, disaster rookie quarterback in the first five games. I think you have to be a trendsetter with the run. And I think the Jets really should look at this game, as, you know, more confidently with the run. I wouldn't look at it confidently with the pass. <laughs> You're coming off of four interceptions in, 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 the, in the last game from Zach Wilson. And the wide receivers really don't understand what, routes they should be running and where they should be going on certain plays. So a little uh, harsh, a little harsh, harsh man. a little harsh, but they, but they, they made some mistakes, but the game is not, I don't think that it's the it's, fact that the receivers aren't in the right routes or know what routes well, to run. Well, where it seems miscommunication but Zach and mis missed a lot of yeah, plays. No, absolutely. You know, absolutely. But the, the Elijah Moore one where he cuts out yeah. and he's supposed to cut yeah, in, no, yeah. that's a rookie mistake and on the Corey wide Davis receiver as well as, and, and, too. and Corey yeah. Davis made a mistake. But the you other know, two, I mean... Establish the run, those play action. <laughs> establish the run, play action, and, and simplify the offensive side of the... Now, the defense and these... The defense has been looking really good, as we've as we've uh, stated before. I think Denver has a an easy backfield to contain. I, I don't think... I'm not really afraid of Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams and new running backs coming in and disrupting the Jets' front four and... And the middle linebacking play needs to improve, but the real test for them is is looking at Sutton and and um, what's his name, uh, Jerry Jerry Judy and um, and the guy Font. You know, you have these guys that are are really making it easy for Teddy Bridgewater in the first two weeks. So what you kind of you hope as you know as a Jeff fan is that they can you know continue success from the defensive side of the ball simplify their offensive side of the ball. You know, Matt LaFleur really needs to, I mean, I don't want to see him be too creative, but there has to be some creativity that you were you were selling me on. You're telling me that all of your weapons have different things that they can do. 
but what are those different things? You know, I really need to see an impressive offensive Jets performance, you know, and, and I really do. And maybe I'm foolish. Maybe it contradicts everything we've said, but I really see that the Jets can maybe upset the Denver Broncos on the road. I really do believe that the Denver Broncos aren't that much better than us. Am I crazy? I don't know if you're crazy, but I will say that um, to me, what needs to improve is obviously just execution on the offensive side of the ball. We saw in week one that the offensive line struggled. We saw Zach make some big plays and wide receiver make big plays. We saw in week two that the offensive line was improved and Zach missed on big plays and the wide receivers missed that on big plays. So we got to see execution. We needed this offense to come together like we mentioned before. Um, they also, on the defensive side of the ball, I will tell you there is one concern I have. Um, make sure Judy doesn't make any make any big plays on the receiving end, but I think that you have to look at the quarterbacks we played so far. Um, the defense has played well, and I hope that this just makes that their confidence continues to go up throughout the year. But we played Sam Darnold, who we thought wouldn't be that great, and we played against a rookie Mac Jones, and now we got a Teddy Bridgewater who has been now on his third team in three years. Yeah. Now, what that says to me is that we haven't hit the, the peak the hard, of the quarterbacks. Yeah. We haven't played Josh Allen yet. Exactly. We haven't played the elite quarterbacks in the NFL yet. Unless we find out that it turns out that these guys are elite quarterbacks. But I got to be honest, man. It doesn't seem like that to me. So what that says to me is that going forward, starting with this week, is you got to take advantage of the quarterback play not being elite. So defense, continue to play the way you've been playing. Hopefully that... Tra- translates into a, a confidence that really builds and, and makes that defense improve week to week, which is what we hoped would happen with the offense. Yeah, exactly. So the offense needs to just continue to execute correctly. And maybe this is the week where they actually put it all together. Because I think the truth is, and maybe we're just optimistic fans, they got to do it. Because this, te- this team will not win against the Broncos if their offense does another stinker like that. And I don't think they could beat any team in the league if that happens. And in regards to desperation mode, you know, these games are going to start getting desperate early. It's going to get late early, as they used to say, right? You have Denver in front of you that you can beat. You could have beat the... You Although could, they're 2-0. You, you could have right? contended more with the Patriots, and that's the real letdown so far this year. You competed with the Carolina Panthers until, you know, you couldn't finish the job, Right. But after this week, you have Tennessee, you have the London game, and then you have your bye. And then guess what? Right Ooh, after that, you have the New England Patriots in Again. Gillette. Yep. So, you know, the this game is is it's a really, it's a really, really big game to really figure out where you're gonna draft at the end of the year. You don't want to be thinking about draft right before the bye. Well, the fans I mean, are we're thinking about be, that, not the team. But we're gonna know? be thinking about draft. Well, Developmental wise, you 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 have to always be. Thinking uh, it's too about early. Because, it's too but, early. But but if they go zero and four, then suddenly you think the season's over. Yeah, that's what you're saying. So yeah, and, and we bo- don't want that to happen. And <laughs> and both of us predicted, both of us predicted in our in our preview, we thought the Jets would. You thought they were going to be two and zero. Oh. I thought they were going to be one and one. We both have them huh. beating. We both have have them beating the Broncos as far as our preview goes. But we have to make a prediction. For this week, yeah, and oh God. you know <laughs> it, it, that's like the that's the tough part with this team because you know I I'm gonna just I'm gonna say this despite all of the trash talking and the realistic points that we've been we've been going after I have to do the Jeff fan thing 
and I have to pick the Jets. And I'm going to pick the Jets, but I'm not going to pick the Jets in a in a in a, a a crazy way. I think the Jets put up 17. I think the Broncos put up 14. I don't think it's a very impressive football game, but I think the Jets kind of figure out how to manage the clock. I think Zach Wilson calms down a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. he's already been on the road once. The road shouldn't screw him up too much. I mean, it is altitude we're talking about in the mountains, you know, so um, we know Mark Sanchez couldn't play over there. Uh, <laughs> so so what, you have 17, 14 I have 17, jets? 14 jets. All right. I, I'm, I'm very reluctant in my prediction here. Now, I think this Denver team is better than we thought they were. I will say that. I don't know if that's going to last because maybe they got some big wins and maybe they're not as good as we think. But I think they're better than they we originally projected them to be at least the beginning of the season. But with that being said, I cannot root against the Jets in this game because it's very possible that this is their best opportunity to win. So I'm going to go 20. You went 17-14, correct? Yep. Yeah, I was going to go 20-17 to 17 Jets. And I think that the Jets are going to have to really... I mean, look, they got to score at least two touchdowns to win this yeah. game, man. And to me, that can get the job done if the defense does its job. Now, I would love to see a higher scoring game, but I'm I'm going to go with you. I think it's going to be close. I think the Jets are going to sneak out a win. Ugh, I hope. Yeah. And I'm going with that. I'm going with the well, Jets win. This time, I'm serious. They got to put it together. If this offense stinks again, they're going to have to be some changes. Well, yeah, I you mean, can't go zero three <laughs> and barely score touchdowns and not make any adjustments. Well, it, you know, so. there's there's not many. I'm not going to call any game must win, but you really don't want to lose this game and you start can't start zero three. three, and you man. don't want to go into the bye week. You really don't want to go into the bye week zero and four or one well, and four. They might I mean, be able 0 and to five or yeah, one and four. I say they might be able to beat the Dolphins in London, but no, that's the Falcons. I mean the Falcons. I'm sorry, they, okay. they play Falcons in London. Oh, October tenth. I'm it's so okay. used to playing. You know, yeah, I it's always the Dolphins. Dolphins, right? Yeah, it's always the Dolphins. The in Falcons London. so far haven't been particularly great either. So I mean that might be your next best chance, but you got we got to win this game. I'm yeah. sorry, it's not a must win, but it's like if if you want if this coaching staff and everybody wants to at least give the Jets some hope and kind of put a break and a you know and put a stop to all the criticism and the same old Jets and us talking about it for 45 minutes, they got to win a game. Yeah, and 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 the thing is not a throwaway game. Yeah. when's the last time we've seen the Jets win a game that they need to win? Yep. And it hasn't. It, it wasn't at all last season. Yeah. Because we won those two games when we probably didn't need them, right? We could have. We should have won those games earlier in the season. Yeah. For it were, to matter. Yep. It ended up hurting us and not getting the first pick. Whatever. They need to win a game that they need to win, and this yeah. is the and the, and this would be. Let's be real. This would be the first win that they could win that they actually prove to us yeah. a win they need absolutely need to stay relevant. Yep. In over a season. So, Jets, get it done. Yeah, and this is my last point uh, for the Jets. It's snap-by-snap, play-by-play, win a football game. I mean, it's all gas, no break. If that's what we're putting on the on the carpet and we're putting it on the walls, I mean, I, I really have to see it in Denver. Um, but another part of our we, – we like to close our show. It's, it is the Jeff Fuel podcast, but we do care about the other – the other things yep. that go on in the league. Um, I'm going to Detroit this week. I'm going to a Michigan game on Saturday. I'm going to the Detroit Lions-Raven game on Sunday. 
at Ford Field. So maybe I'll make a pick in that game. But again, no spread involved. We just do picks. Jay had six points last week. He got off his picks right. Yep. Jay had the Bucks, the Packers, and the Cards. I had the Browns, the Niners, and the Saints. And uh, so Jay is beating me by one. It's <laughs> 10 points to nine points. Um, I'm going to start off for, for good measure. Um, my three-point pick, let me get the games up really quick. <clears throat> my three-point pick is going to be the... Uh, I can't pick them again. I'm not going <laughs> to pick the... I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills over the Washington football team. Okay. Um, Buffalo, I mean, is one and one but they're really... They're going to be the cream of the crop of the AFC East. So, I mean, safe pick. Got to go with three points. I don't think Washington really has looked that great. I mean, they played the Giants and barely won. Dexter Lawrence, what a disaster. Giants fans are freaking mm. out. Everyone was wondering, hey, Lou, well, we haven't they heard scored. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they and, put and up Daniel points. Jones had a big play. So, well, you know, Daniel, Jones, Daniel Jones had a good game. I mean, I would say he had a good game. Uh, the, the other parts of the, 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 the miscellaneous yeah, parts of they, the game. There that, were some problems, but, yeah. but anyway. Anyway. What you got? My number two pick. A lot of people are saying, Lou, do you not talk about Patrick Mahomes anymore? You haven't mentioned his name in a while. Well, good I'm thing you didn't take, pick him last week. Yeah, I didn't pick them last week. I didn't pick them the first week. I lost week. my I'm fantasy because of them, man. Yeah. Going into that Falcons-Chiefs-Ravens uh, game, yeah. everybody on my team and your dad's team had played fully. I had the Chiefs defense. I was oh. up, but because the Ravens came back, I lost. Yeah, that's it. the I worst when the, the defense when the yep. defense sets the game. I know. So I'm gonna pick <laughs> the Chiefs over the Chargers. All right, and that's my two point pick and my one point pick. Dun dun dun! You better I, not pick what I'm picking. I really well. You're probably looking at Bucks Rams, but I'm not gonna pick. It's not what Rams. I was looking at. I'm gonna pick. The Detroit Lions what? for the one point pick. I'm going to Detroit, Lions? baby. Over the Ravens. I got. Go yeah, listen to me. The Ravens won a hot game, but if if anything in the NFL makes sense, I've learned it doesn't make sense. Well, and we're I definitely going to have a little counter here because this is going to be yeah. our first one. So I, okay, know, I'm going to tell you what's up. All right, All right here so, you go. Um, I'm going to just start with that one because that's going to be my one point pick. I'm okay. picking the Ravens over the Lions for my one point pick. Okay. Um, so we're definitely going to have a little bit of a counter here for the first time. That's going to be exciting, right? Yep. All right. My 2.1, this is kind of, this is this is like actually pretty hard for me, this one. But I'm going with the Titans over the Colts. Ooh. Okay. For that's, my a, two point. that's a saucy one. Yeah, yeah. 3.1. Oh, I'm sorry. I mislabeled it. That's my 3.1. Oh, that's I'm your sorry. 3. Yeah, point? my mistake. Okay. All right. I'm going with Titans over Colts. Even though I think the Colts are, are actually playing pretty decent. But anyway. And my one-point pick is for this Thursday night football. With I'm going with the Panthers over the Texans. So Titans, I'm sorry, that's my two-point pick. I reversed it. Yeah, no, it. I yeah. got it. The three-point pick is the Titans over the Colts. The two-point pick are the Panthers over the Texans. And my one-point pick is going counter to lose one-point pick. I'm going with the Ravens over the Lions. Look at you. Look at you. So, yeah, mine, mine's Bills, Chiefs, and, and Lions. So... Hopefully, when I come back from Detroit, I, I have a, a, a point advantage or, or I'm tied. So Yeah, but you know, you, you, you pick, you realize that's not the one. I mean, never mind. I'm not going to say Listen, no, I know, I know, I know. You it's picked the, the Bills. I'm just going to let you know that yeah, on the I Jets know. podcast on. I'm allowed to. 
I'm allowed mm. to. Listen, when the when the mm. Jets, I can't pick the Jets to win their game and not pick the the team that's. Can you the, pick a sound effect right now to represent what, what I think about you picking the Bills what, over this? any? Yeah. Thank you, mm. thank you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Look at man. us moving up and having sound effects. Listen, yes. we got we got sound effects. We're gonna try and get Bart Scott involved here. <laughs> I mean. Eventually, we're gonna we're gonna try and and yet and, we have yet to do the Jets chant. Just want to make yeah, that very well, clear. Yeah, well, we haven't so. done the Jets chant authentically, but you know how we can we end do it. an over under on when we're gonna be able to do the Jets chant? Last year we were in the same predicament. I mean, is it gonna be week four? <laughs> I mean, is it gonna be week three? It's gonna be this week, baby. All right, we're gonna set it at three and a half weeks. <laughs> oh God! All right, from the start <laughs> of the season. Hopefully, it's hopefully it's only one and a half oh, week. Oh boy! All right, but all right, man. For, for Jeff Yule, for the Cul-de-Sac Sports Network, a plane's flying by perfectly. Helicopter, buddy. Uh, you, know your, you know your propellers. <laughs> but uh, for Jay. It would have been great if it was a plane. For Lou, for Cul-de-Sac Sports, <laughs> please listen, subscribe, follow, SoundCloud, iTunes. You heard it here. Let's go Jets. Yeah!